Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Hey, Freaky Friends. It's Michelle and Melissa from the Freaky Fridays podcast. We are sisters in separate states and love to talk about all kinds of spooky, freaky, and scary shit while drinking and laughing through our fear. Join us Fridays as we delve into everything from the world of the paranormal to scary movies to creepy stuff we find around the internet. Subscribe to Freaky Fridays wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Sleep tight. Make sure you leave the lights on. Freaky Fridays is a proud member of the Podmoth Network. For more awesome pods, check out podmoth.network. Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays for the Ghouls, a Podmoth podcast. How you doing, Haley? Better now. Because of me or what? Because your phone? Because <laughs> because um, I get to see your face, kind of. I mean, this is my face. It's in 2D. It's not, it's not like here. Like you're not it's, here. But... It's in 2D. <laughs> Last week, you're on I my screen. Hug. I gave you a hug via screen. <laughs> You were like, that shit no, was weird. <laughs> that shit was weird. I was that in was like weird. the crevasses of your neck. I was, just... <laughs> I was like, come here. <laughs> you know, it's statistically proven that friends that don't hug and don't touch are better friends because they're not insecure by needing to be touched and held all the time. And like, that's know, fucking right. We have a better friendship because we're not huggers and touchers all over. That's why, like, when girls are like with their boyfriends and they're like, "Cuddle, hug me," it like represents being a little bit. I mean, other than people who are just naturally, I guess, like, touchy, but like, you know, there's at some point sometimes it's a little insecure in the relationship that you're like, "Touch me," like if you have to ask for it all the time. Anyway, it's weird. I know all about that. (laughs) Anywho. Ooh. I'm in a better uh, I'm in a better relationship now. It's fine. <laughs> you don't want to touch him ever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have to fight him off, man. Like, bro, I need to breathe. Okay. So this week is true crime week. It's the first week of March. Happy March, everybody. We've made it through February. February was I feel like February was kind of wonky. Did you feel like February is wonky? It was weird. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. So so you know february there's like you know the love day or whatever so for the love day me and my love went and had like a whole ass fun day together but we ended up going to this like weird i don't want to say weird because it was actually really nice but we went to this like private spa place so like it's this place that has a bunch of rooms and you basically pay for the room and it's by hour hour not like every hour, every 30 minutes, whatever. And it's got a sauna, a shower, like a little bed to relax on and like a big hot tub. And it's got like TV and like music and everything. And it was just, the vibe was like giving me eighties, <laughs> especially in the waiting room, like the advertisement for this place. Like they have little like brochures throughout the lobby 
and it was like this guy and girl in the hot tub and you could tell they were definitely using aquanet in their hair <laughs> like i was like i feel like we just went back in time man but it was fun now, now how many people do you think have had sexual relations in those rooms oh all of them and those hot tubs and those all saunas and those showers that those if those walls could talk bro like no so okay the guy like escorts you to the room right yeah. And he, like, gives us the rundown, like, how things work, whatever. And he was, like, lock the door behind me. And it, it comes, like, you lock the door. And I'm just, like, bro, like, this guy has to know what goes down. Like, this is literally just, uh, it's an aqua, it's an aqua motel hotel. <laughs> That's, <laughs> I would never, I would never want to have sex there. Never. Adventurous, man. Yeah. No, so getting STDs. (laughs) No. Sterilization doesn't mean STDs are going to not be there. That's true. Well, that sounds like a really fun uh, little trip. It It would be a no for me. It would be a no for me, man, though. But uh, I'm also not like a hot tub sauna girly. Like, I don't like the hot anyway. So, like... I used to um, live in this house that used to have a sauna and a hot tub. And, like, I barely ever went in because I just hate being hot. And hot tubs are not fun to me. Mm. I don't like I don't like having to get in and, like, like, I'd rather go into a cold pool. Because eventually that cold pool is fine. The hot tub's always hot. Like, once, I don't know why, but, like, once you're in a cold pool, like, eventually the cold pool is, like, not that cold anymore. But like a hot tub's always hot, and I just don't like being hot, and I don't like sweating. <laughs> so that's probably the main reason why I probably wouldn't suggest going there for me. But um, you know, no man can make me go to the Aqua Sex Capades Palace. <laughs> anyway, the Jets. Okay, okay. I can, I can get behind that. That same house that had a hot tub and a okay. sauna. Wait, wait, wait. The same the same house that had a hot tub and a sauna also had a jacuzzi with jets that I can make whatever temperature I want. The bathtub, like the jacuzzi is like a bathtub, but it has yeah, yeah. jets and stuff. And you can make the temperature of whatever. T- so you can make it as warm or as cool as you'd like. So I'm not forced to be in be boiling like a lobster in a little hot tub rattling around. So <laughs> that's just my prerogative. I'd prefer a jacuzzi over a hot tub any day. I, that's a hill I'll die on. <laughs> Let's reel it back into true crime, I guess. Uh, the true crime story is not any more fun than this conversation. <laughs> Did you have anything else to talk about regarding February? Because I just felt February was weird. And I know that February is like the shortest month. It's only 28 days. So you kind of feel like you lose at least two, maybe three days. I just felt like it was like cattywampus. The the best part about February is that I did not have my period at all in February. Ooh. Nice. That's awesome. All right. Do you want me to get started on my true crime? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's meet our Stephanie Pars, 25 years old, from Freehold, New Jersey. And Stephanie Pars was a YouTuber and a makeup SFX artist on um, YouTube. So she did a lot of like 
you know, you know, like the like the zippers down the face, things like things oh, that yeah. you might see on like Glam and Gore. I love her. <laughs> I do too. I love Mikey. Mikey, if you ever want to be on our podcast, hit us up. Bro, I would um, I would love to have Mikey <laughs> on the podcast. Mikey. Um Anthony so we're Padilla. Gonna, we're gonna go to October 30th, 2019 with Stephanie. She's attending a popular, this is what the note, this is what the article said, a popular psychic medium event, which I have no idea what the fuck that is. I'm not <laughs> sure if like, it was like a medium on stage talking about, you know, trying to tell people's futures, yada, yada, whatever. So I'm imagining either it's like a show where like, you know, like, like, like Chris Angel or something. Right. right but like right. with medium, like with a, with a specific medium or mediums mm-hmm. or it's like a medium convention. Right. It seemed where, more like, you um, know, the first, <laughs> like they just got their fucking booths, like each set, like, like, like at Crypticon, they just have their fucking booths set up and people are just walking around and they're like, <laughs> palms. <laughs> <laughs> they're just holding their palms out. <laughs> like, like you know what today's been a good day i i could i could die i'm gonna die tomorrow i'm gonna get married <laughs> this year i found my soulmate like shh, i'm See, gonna be a I'm, millionaire i'm terrified of all things like medium psychics i because i don't want them to tell me that i'm like gonna die i don't want them to tell me like anything bad i just if, if they're gonna tell me anything i want them to be light and happy i want them to be you know <laughs> don't go too deep you know tell me i'm gonna well, get a promotion tell me i'm gonna you know whatever you can make that happen all yourself Catherine. you just gotta sure. believe <laughs> that, Give that, that's all folks affirmations you know what wait let me show you my phone you'll probably won't be able to see it it says um it says the universe always makes everything work out for me oh and that's my like background on my phone. And that's like my mantra, especially this year, is like every the universe makes things work for me. It just happens. It works out for me. And honestly, things have not been going that bad since I've dedicated my life to that mantra. The honestly, universe I- always has the way of just making things work for me. I know you were just saying that this morning too, because you know, I got this got you the screen bucket and you were like I was wondering how I was going to get it. And I literally didn't have to think about it at all. I thought, hmm, I kind of like one of those screen buckets. I didn't look it up. I didn't do shit. And my best friend bought me one and I obtained one, which they're hard, hard to buy, you know, right? You had to like pre-order it, right? Yeah. So like, it's not like the easiest thing. So I just put it out in the universe. I want it. I'm lucky things happen for me. And it did. <laughs> literally, it did. <laughs> Cue Ariana Grande. I want it. I got it. I want it. I got it. <laughs> People on TikTok call it the lucky girl syndrome. That like you just believe so much that you are lucky and that you deserve being lucky and like things just start working out. I should do that. I I just I just kind of like I didn't even think of it in like a like I'm going to be lucky like that kind of way. I just started saying it to myself randomly throughout the day anytime i thought of something or something happened that was good i was like things just work out for me that's just how it works and like i kept telling my sister my sister recently bought a house 
I kept telling her, she was like, I'm not going to get this house. I'm not going to get this. Da, 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 da. I'm like, think a little differently. Think about the fact that things are just going to work out. If you're supposed to have that house, you're going to have the house. And she got the house. And like, you know, <laughs> things just work out for us. You can, you can start saying it about your family. Like my family, things just work out for me. Our whole family. I don't know. I think that the positivity of like the idea of a positive outlook can't hurt. <laughs> True. <laughs> Literally, what's the downside of it is that what you waste your breath saying things just work out for me sometimes. I'm mm. sure you waste your breath saying a lot of things you don't even need to say. So like, <laughs> why not one thing be a mantra that could be helpful to you and your brain? I don't know. That's what I that's what I've been living by for the past like I say like since December. Things just things are just fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's magic. I'm not saying that I don't like work and I don't try and I don't like try to make things happen, but I'm just, you know, taking one step at a time. <laughs> but anyway. Catherine's wisdom of the day. Anyway, October 30th, 2019, we're at the event, right? Um, they go home, her and her sisters are at the event, and they go home. She hangs out with them until about 10 p.m., and she goes home to her house. Her house, she lives in her grandmother's house that her grandmother owned while she was alive, but her grandmother has since passed, so she lives in her, like, a house from her grandmother. Mm-hmm. During the daytime, when she's not on YouTube, Stephanie was a nanny, and she the next day was due to be um, babysitting on Halloween, but she never showed up. Okay, but, never mind. You, when you got to, she didn't show up. I was like, oh, never mind, because I was gonna be like, I've seen this movie. Yes, I know. I was like, wow, that would have been cool. <laughs> if it was like, um, if I was just telling you a movie as a true crime, well, I should do that now. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh my god, tell movies Catherine, as if they're true true crimes. <laughs> Catherine, you, you could totally do that as like a mini game, like what I did for you, but you do it yes. for me. Be like, is this a true crime or is it? a horror movie and i'll be like oh the only thing about that is that i'm kind of afraid that it's disrespectful to the true crimes i just don't want to be insensitive and i don't want to like play around with like stories that are actually true <laughs> yeah i got you like as we are like in as as a podcast we are generally um this podcast this podcast episode the true crime episode is relatively our like most mild-mannered i know it hasn't sounded like it for like the past like I don't know, 30 minutes that we've been recording. <laughs> but um, I generally, we are pretty mild-mannered on this one because we are obviously trying to be respectful. Um, unless it's to a murderer. Let's reel it back in, Catherine. Sorry, it's late. It's much later than we normally record. And I think that maybe I'm just, um, you know, rambling. Anyway, she never showed up to work the next day. Um, and that's not like her. She loved being a nanny. She um, worked for the family um, pretty consistently um so her family began to worry because no one else had heard from her when she left them on that night stephanie's mom was like hey text me or call me when you get home and she never did um so her mom called the police and reported her missing they went and checked the house her car was still in the driveway her dog was still there alone uh, he was alive um <clears throat> there was no <laughs> I didn't want Haley to like, you know, yell at me. There were no signs of fourth century. Her phone was left inside the house though. But because the car was in the driveway, which meant she made it home last night. 
That's the that's the only thing that we know is that because her car was in the driveway, she made it back to the house. So the police searched the home, couldn't find many more clues to where she might be. Um, the family and friends began sharing about it on social media um, and trying to find as many leads as possible to go find either, you know, to go search for her or to, you know, find out where she might be if she's like with a friend. Her boyfriend, John Osbligan, uh, was 29. She's 25. I don't know if I said that earlier. Um, she's 25. He claimed that he saw her the night before she went missing and the morning of the 31st when she was getting ready for work. Um, the family says that he was her like off again, off on, um, on again, off again boyfriend. Um, and after two days of her disappearance, he was arrested at his home. Um, and he was actually charged not with her, uh, you know, disappearance or anything, but he was arrested, um, and he and he was charged with third degree endangerment and welfare of a child, and possession of child pornography. Um, the the child pornography was found on his phone. Um, obviously, he like completely denied those charges. Uh, there's there's kind of. If it's on your phone, it's kind of hard to deny it, though. So, anyway, right. when the police were talking to him and questioning him, they found they saw that he had marks on his neck, which suggests that he was maybe involved in some kind of struggle or altercation. Um, yeah, he quickly became the number one suspect in Stephanie's case. He also had a record um, back in 2010 of drugs possession and. Prior to this, in 2019, he was charged with assault twice. In June of 17, uh, sorry, June 17th of 19, John grabbed the hair of one of his victims' faces and dragged her by her hair, causing minor injury and pain. And on September 2nd, John allegedly struck the victim and then backhanded her across the head. So he's not mild-tempered at all. He's not um, a stranger when it comes to law enforcement and the police. So there are definitely reasons why they would want to look into him because he's obviously not a really good guy. Um, right. Because of uh, the because of the original charge that he was brought in for, they were searching his phone and his records. And on the night that she went missing, um, so the 30th, they found um, that his phone records pinged in Long Pond Park. Um, and this is like a kind of wooded area where people can walk around and stuff. Anyway, um, and apparently he was located in that area for six hours. They went and searched that area. Uh, on November 13th, New Jersey PD did a search there. And um, they brought dozens of law enforcement, little doggy cop units. They aided the search. Helicopters were hovering over the woods. Um, there were parts of the park that were taped off. <clears throat> but they never found anything. And they never found anything to connect him any way, any other way um, uh, to that location uh, or to connect Stephanie to that location because, of course, her phone stayed home. So nothing pinged on her phone. Um, they looked deeper into John's records and on his Facebook, they found 10 angry Facebook messages within the span of nine minutes the night before she went missing. And those messages were like, I didn't see the messages per se but i know that one of them called her an effing c word 
you know, um, and kind of blamed her for like how their relationship ended and how everything was going with their relationship. The uh, police showed this to the judge to hopefully keep him into custody um, because of the texts and because of the missing girl. Uh, but he was released on November 19th. Uh, family members and volunteers continue to search and look for Stephanie um, on uh, the Thursday after about a group of a hundred people searched in a wooded area close to her home. Um, they still never found anything during those searches on um, November 22nd, though, three days after he was released, he committed suicide and he was found in his parents' garage with two notes, one note to his parents and one note to his ex-girlfriend. Who's not Stephanie. It was another girl who he had um, been in a relationship with. Oh my God. Would you like to know what those notes said? Yes. Yes, of course you would. Um, what, if I just said, what if I just said no? I'm just like, I, no. Bye. I guess I would have just went on and it would have made this episode a lot shorter. Um, <laughs> the note to his parents said, Dad, m- Mom, Dad, Sal, and Sammy, sorry about all this craziness. I've been miserable for so long now. I've had enough. Thank you for everything. I can't do life in prison. Most of the stuff you'll hear is true. I uh, used the pick of me and name redacted uh, for my funeral. That was the only time that I was truly happy. I want name redacted to help plan everything uh, for my funeral. Tell her that I'm sorry and I love her. She was good to me. We had an amazing life. I messed it up. She only did good for me. I dug myself in a deep hole. This is the only choice. Love you guys. Um, and I don't know exactly what name that was, but I'm assuming it's the note to the ex-girlfriend. It's the ex-girlfriend. Yeah. The note. Um, so the note to the ex-girlfriend reads, um, I love you so much, little lady. I miss you so much. I don't know what I was thinking when I messed up our relationship. You were the best thing that happened to me. I tried to move on many times and I will, ne- I will never feel for another lady the way I feel for you. Recently, I tried to reach out to you. You got a restraining order. Why? At that moment, I felt like my entire world ended. I truly needed you in a huge way. Look at the mess I created, LOL. I, <laughs> he actually wrote LOL. Oh, um, my God. I don't believe, don't believe everything in the news. I hope you're doing well. I hope you have an amazing life. You deserve it. Not a day goes by where I don't think about you and Ben. The girl in the news with me was such a piece of work. She hurt me. She hurt me over and over when I was at my lowest. She was a horrible person. Please help my parents with the funeral. You're the only person I ever loved. Sorry for everything. I wish I could go back in time and correct my mistakes, but I can't. So explicitly, he never exactly confessed. Um, but the police tried to use this these letters as a potential confession to, you know, try to end her case. But his parents came out and wrote a, made a written statement saying that they believed that their son was innocent and that he didn't make a confession in the letters. And they went so far to say that the notes, the, the things that he said in the notes meant that he was not responsible. But the reason why some of the things that people, uh, that the police like highlighted as things that kind of made him confess was most of the stuff you will hear is true. Mm-hmm. I dug myself in a deep hole. Look at the mess I created. 
And then I personally, this wasn't in the notes or anything that I read, but I also think that the girl in the news with me was such a piece of work. She was a horrible person. Mm -hmm. Like we found time and time again, when people know that someone's dead, they're going to use the past tense words Mm -hmm. and, and people who are interrogated that don't know that that person's dead will not use those words. And that's like, that's pretty common. That's people find in like interrogations and stuff. But I think that that also was a line that kind of, you know, was a confession. Mm -hmm. Correct. His parents apologized to her parents in a written um, statement, but again, they still believe that he was innocent. On Sunday, January 26, 2020, which was 87 days after she went missing, two teens, Eric Rodriguez, 17, and Jeremy Carlos Perez, 18, were walking southbound on Route 9 near the Old Mill Road, and they saw something that they thought was like a mannequin. But they actually, when they got closer, they found out it was a fully clothed, lifeless body. The autopsy confirmed that the remains were Stephanie. uh, But because of the death, uh, but the cause of death was never released. Her location was 15 miles away from her home and about a half a mile from the Long Pond Park where his his cell phone was pinged. And where they searched in November with all the dogs Mm -hmm. and all the, the cops and everything. About a half a mile away from there. Um, Stephanie's body was located in plain sight, meaning that if you were a pedestrian on that road, you could see the body fully, completely. But if you were driving on the road, you would never be able to see it. So, like, it was right. out in the open, but it you wouldn't be able to see it unless you were walking like these teens were. Again, Stephanie was missing for a total of 87 days, and her family and friends and a group of volunteers called Steph's Angels, never stopped looking for her. Um, Steph's Angels, while they were searching for her, searched over 60 sites um, for her in Staten Island and New Jersey. Um, and, you know, uh, when they were found, the family, like, thanked everyone for trying to search and find, happy that they were at least able to lay her to rest. Um, right. When they found her body, the police said that they supposedly found more evidence that tied John to the murders, but they wouldn't release that information because it was still kind of in the court system. And I did like some additional research other than like the, um, the articles that I read, but nothing specified what that evidence was. But the fact that half a mile away was where his phone was pinged for six hours from where she was and the fact that he sent all those um, messages to her and those letters should have been, I, I think enough to pin the murder on him. Um, but again, he's dead. And so there's no way to, you know, convict him of that crime. Right. Um, but police say that it's likely that John, that John was responsible for her death and that he likely acted alone Um Stephanie and John were only dating for a few months when they um, were t- while they were together, and their relationship was short, volatile, and toxic. Um, her father had met him, and he didn't like him because he was quote a typical manipulator, and he always kept worming his way back into her life. It was revealed that she was the person who pressed charges against John in September of 2019, where he backhanded the victim and um, struck her. But after the um, case was 
done or the courts were done, she still remained in contact with him. From what I from just the two letters that he left his family and the ex-girlfriend, I can only imagine that maybe he wasn't an easy person. He wasn't an easy person to get rid of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He yeah. seemed like one of those guys that would like text you, text you, text you, text you, text you. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um so I don't the the way that it was worded was that she still remained in contact with him, but I kind of think that it's probably it was hard for her to not be in contact with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John's former girlfriend, um, just it's unconfirmed if it was the girl from the note. Um, but she believed that he suffocated her. She confirmed that he she was in contact with him after her disappearance. And at that time, he showed no concern for Stephanie or where her or her whereabouts. On January 21st, Stephanie was laid to rest and the family created a foundation in her name. Um, and this is from their website, providing education, intervention and support to families and individuals dealing with domestic violence, sexual abuse and and missing loved ones. And that's the story of Stephanie Pars. And spooky babes, cool friends, if you or anyone you know is a victim of domestic violence or needs any help, the domestic violence hotline is 800-799-7233. And that's all I got. I appreciate that, Catherine. I always feel we are closing these out because, like, they're not fun. (laughs) I know. Because I'm like, That's why we had all anyway. the fun in the beginning. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> it obviously is really sad. I mean, I, I don't know how else to segue into not talking about crime anymore. Yeah, I know. Also, um, also being someone in a, on a true crime podcast doesn't help me with my like fact that I don't trust anyone. Like, it, it honestly, just inst- it instills me being like, I'm good by myself, like forever. Like I don't need new people, I don't need new new mans, I don't need new nothing. Um, Honestly, though, yeah, that I know that's my anxiety talking too. So, spooky babes, we do care about you, and we um want you to reach out if you do need any help, or if you feel like you are in any kind of danger. And you know what? Fuck these men. Welcome. <laughs> if someone is. Is if someone is making you uncomfortable, block them. Just block them. I know that it's harder when you've known them for a while, but it's just like protect your peace is kind of what I think I'm saying. Don't let these men take your peace. Exactly. Don't let don't let anyone take your peace, honestly. Yeah, men, women, whoever. I just um there and there's not like I'm not trying to like uh like victim blame or anything in that manner. I'm just saying be the protector of your own peace. Like at, at the end of the day, like make sure the people that you are entertaining and that you are willing to have in your life are people that are worth having in your life, you know, because you're worth having good people in your life that build you up and not tear you down. That's exactly. my, that's my Ted talk for the day. Thank you very much. Spooky babes. Goodbye. and Good night. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> we appreciate you. And again, protect your peace. Be the master of your own peace. Everything works out for you. You're incredibly lucky. Things just happen for you. If, again, if you need any help, please reach out. If you feel like you are alone, please reach out. 
and we will see you in your nightmares. <laughs>